Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Horseshoe for a rapid reaction presented by Buyers Auto in the immediate aftermath of Ohio State, just 23, Michigan, 45, Tim May, the 40 year vet, Andy Backstrom. Uh, again, rapid reaction, Buyers Auto. Fellas, let's just get into it. Um, a humbling day for the Ohio State football program for the 106,787 that were in attendance today. Um, for Ryan Day, for CJ Stroud, for Jim Knowles. As Michigan comes in here, looks like it's not really on the same level as Ohio State in the first half and then takes complete control of the game in the second half mm-hmm. and steamrolls Ohio State on its way to the Big Ten Championship game. Tim, uh, opening thoughts after Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. Michigan threw at least four haymakers, possibly six, that just changed this game, that at first kept Michigan in the game. And, uh, and by that, I'm calling haymakers. I don't mean intentional haymakers, but they turned into it uh, by some uh, sloppy defensive play. Uh, and in the second half, to me, it was exactly the same version as last year. They just took control of the game, started running the ball a little bit. But uh, J.J. McCarthy, wow, you know, uh, have a day, man. That guy had a tremendous game. He's, he's missing his number one running back. His number two running back we all thought was iffy, Donovan Edwards. Well. You might see him run, run right back, right through this little uh, spot we're at there a couple times in the second half for those big long touchdown runs, which really were just the daggers, the daggers to the heart of the Buckeyes. And uh, but offensively and defensively, just like last year, Ohio State was not good enough. No, today. it was, was not. not good enough. When you score 23 points, uh, you're not good enough. Just like last year, yeah, you could jump on the defense the way it played against Oregon, the way it played against. Uh, uh, 
against Michigan, but in those games, Ohio State only scored 27 points each. The offense has got to be better. It's got to produce when you're in a when you're suddenly in a dogfight, uh, a scoring match. You've got to match. It's like a tennis tennis tournament. And Ohio State did not match up offensively or defensively today when it mattered the most. With everything on the line in the second half, they're leading coming out at halftime, and they got ripped. Andy. Yeah, I mean, what people are going to latch onto is the fact that this whole season was about bringing new defense, new defensive staff, defensive coordinator, trying to find ways to not have what happened last year happen again. And it wasn't exactly what happened last year, but the end result is pretty similar. Yeah. It leaves you scratching your head about what is next. And Ryan Day was asked that, and it was kind of an I don't know. We will have to look back at the film. We will have to assess. And Jim Knowles was asked that question. He said, you know, I take responsibility. Obviously, this is my job to fix this. And he was taking that blame and, and that responsibility. But just the result that you have to kind of look back at and figure out where do you go next if you're Ohio State. Now, they have to get pretty darn lucky to have any chance at the college football playoff. In all likelihood, they're going to the Rose Bowl, which is a consolation prize for a program like this. So you have to figure out how do you not only approach next season, but also how do you approach this next month. Yeah. Yeah, and here's the bottom line, guys. Last year, Ohio State trailed by one at halftime and was outscored 28-14 in the second half. This year, it led by three at the half and was bushwhacked, a term that you like to use, Tim. Ambush, bushwhacked. 35-3 to three yeah. in the oh, second yeah. half. Oh, no, the scoreboard tells the story, bud. Yeah, a complete dominance by Michigan in the second half. And so Ryan Day, for the last 12 months, has latched onto the term competitive stamina. I'll hold him to that. Yeah. Ohio State did not have competitive stamina nope. today. Not even close. Nope. And so, you know, if the head coach and, and the, the athletic director, the head coach on down, sets the, sets the bar at beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, win the national championship, mm-hmm. we will hold you to that bar. Yeah. You are held to that standard because you set that standard for yourself. Yeah. And in the second half, this team was dominated on its home field yes. by an opponent that continued to give life to itself, continued to find confidence. And the competitive stamina went from where we thought it was all year long, you know, shutting down at the end of the game against Maryland was was another example last week. It, it just disappeared. It went away. And yeah. so now you, you're left, like Andy said, you're wondering where this program goes from here because you set the standard so high. And not only that, you go back to Ann Arbor next year with a Michigan team that's going to have its quarterback returning, most of its defense returning. Uh, it's not going to be a program that, that's going to take you lightly, and it's probably going to be even more improved than it was the last two years. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, sitting there watching pregame warm-ups, Blake Corum came out with just kind of warming up in, on his own, and he was sort of running a little bit and then walking. When he was walking, he was limping. And you're just sitting there going, okay, that's their number one weapon. They faced almost most of getting to this moment, one, two versus three, undefeateds on that guy's legs, on that guy's ability to carry the ball 35 or 40 times a game. And he started, but you knew it wasn't going to last long. So now what do they do? The first series uh, where they drove down and kicked, finally kicked the field goal, they threw six out of what? Six out of nine plays on that, uh, or at least they called, I think they called seven pass plays and threw six uh, on that particular series. You kind of went, okay, they have put the ball in J.J. McCarthy's hands. This is going to be his day to either win it or lose it. Uh, you got to give it up to Jim Harbaugh and his staff for doing that. And unlike last week, they had receivers when they were open downfield, actually caught the ball. And yeah. the ball, for the most part, as the game went on, was more and more, more and more accurate. 
So you give it up to Michigan for just going, okay, we're leaning on our quarterback, uh, take us there. And he did, uh, which is very, I don't know, very telling. Ohio State, did it lean on C.J. Stroud today? I don't know if it did or not. I, I mean, like you say, go back and watch the video or the film, whatever you want to call it. Go back and watch the replay. Uh, but for hook or crook, for the second straight year in the second half, C.J. Stroud and his receiver core and the Ohio State offense totally couldn't get the job done when they had the ball. No. Against a Michigan defense that looked vulnerable early in this game when Ohio State marches down their first two times and scores a touchdown and a field goal. Should have been two touchdowns. Right, but it wasn't. They still are 10 points. Yep. And, you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard to put in words because it sounds like when you're talking about it, you're bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it. I'm just, it's going, just you're just calling it like it was. They got their butt kicked in the second half for the second straight year. Tim, I think – I think it's more stunning, really. Yeah. It, it yeah. is. To, to see it happen in the second half last year, to make all the changes, Andy, like you mentioned. Wait a minute, let me throw you one thing. And I was wrong about this game. I picked Ohio State 34-21. I think we all were wrong. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were wrong. I but, thought when they had to throw the ball, Ohio State had them exactly where they wanted them. Jim Knowles had them exactly where they wanted them. You blitz all out on that one key play, and the McCarthy barely gets the ball off. The kid catches the ball right, right over here, and then – Cam Brown just comes up and whiffs on the tackle. You've got to make, you know, this isn't parsing blame. It's just pointing out the obvious, like the sun is hot. Yeah. you got to make that tackle. They got their first down. Don't let him go the distance. Yep. And like I said, for the second straight year, I think it's just, it's more stunning than anything because this is a program that has, if you look at every recruiting metric on 3.com, on 3 sports, they do a great job doing recruiting rankings. Ohio State has better players. Ohio State has more talent. And that's why it's so stunning, especially in this building with all the scarlet and gray around here, uh, to see it happen in real time. Andy, I, you know, maybe maybe it's not as stunning for you because the three games you've seen have been pretty big duds for Ohio. Or four games you've seen have been kind of duds for Ohio State, but it is stunning. Wow. Well, you know, maybe we got a little bit of a preview of the past defense's struggles. I mean, it's not been a strong suit for this defense. It's actually, it's been the weak point for this defense probably all season. Yep. But last week at Maryland. There was problems. Yeah. And we pointed to say, okay, well, that's Maryland. They have better receivers. That's Maryland. They have Talia Tagaviola. That's Maryland. You know, that they were coming into that game plan trying to throw the ball. The same problems popped up today. And at first it was Cam Brown missing that tackle, but it was also a ton of safeties that were just not on assignment, getting turned around in coverage, and they were busted plays. And, yes, J.J. McCarthy made the, play, made the throws he needed to make, but he also had huge windows to make a lot of those throws. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it just makes you think, like, with that defense, with, with so much effort put towards that defense, what is next there? And you, you would think at the recruiting rankings, like, they are recruiting better there, but you can't lose that either because in a game like this, you can lose recruiting battles. Well, we talked about, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, even with you, Andy. You're going to play a team like Ohio State, and you're Michigan, and you're down a man. You're down a very important man. Let it all hang out. There, there are two ways to go about it. You know, they're not going to – they probably weren't going to line up and just run, run, run and beat Ohio State today. I mean, I thought that was pretty obvious from the start. So, let it all hang out. What do you have to lose, you know? I mean, from the standpoint, yeah, you have to lose the game, but you have nothing to lose in terms of giving it your best shot. And what we've talked about before is big-time teams, the way you beat them, where there are fewer defenders – is throwing the ball. And uh, Ohio State has got to get that figured out. If you're going to blitz, if you're going to bring six, somebody better get home. You know, that's as simple as that. Because you're going to leave somebody 
in pretty ideal coverage somewhere on the field. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, it was, what was the kid's name again? Cornelius Johnson. Cornelius Johnson. Had you ever heard of him going into this game? You probably had, but I had heard very, very little of him going into this game. Now he's a, uh, he's a, uh, a, a, a long time, would be a long time name in Michigan lore. Just like uh, Donovan Edwards with those two runs. Donovan Edwards was a, was a shaky going into this game physically, you thought, as maybe Blake Corum. But boy, did he muster it when he had to. And, uh, but there, there's something to be said for just when in doubt, air it out. I know it's my philosophy, but there's a lot to that. I mean, look at South Carolina last week against Tennessee. Uh, look at South Carolina today against Clemson. I mean, let it all hang out. There was a turning point in this game and it's weird to call it a turning point because it was 31-20 Michigan. Ohio State gets the ball back at the 49-yard line and has great field position. You get a good first down play, but it comes back on a holding call from Donovan Edwards or Donovan Jackson on, yeah. on the, the interior. Oh, by the way, you've got a tight end who headbutts a Michigan player over on the Ohio State sidelines for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, G. Scott. And and that's a 35, a 25-yard penalty, first and 35. Well, you get back. 28 of that and you're you're setting yourself up for a fourth and manageable down two scores yeah. Ohio State punted and the quarterback when, and the head coach didn't agree either right no but when Michigan needed a big play it handed the ball to a running back a fullback a defensive player and allowed him to throw a pass Over linebacker allowed that player to throw a pass into the open field as an aggressor like Tim Tebow when Ohio State needed a play it punted. Yeah. And that, that yeah. tells you everything you need to know about the mindset of the eastern sideline and the mindset of the western sideline. And Jim Harbaugh came to win. And, uh, you know, I'm yeah. not, I, this is not me completely no, blaming play calling points, on Ryan Day, but also Jim Harbaugh threw a pass with a linebacker. Ryan Day punted. Yeah. I mean, that's. It was more like a shot put, but it was still, it was a pass uh, officially. Yeah. But you're exactly right. I mean, they had something different for when it mattered the most in the game. It didn't look like Ohio State did, except for running Chip Trainum a lot, a former linebacker. It was yeah. really funny when you think about, not ha-ha, but think about how much that linebacker, because he got stuffed on a third and one, remember? Yeah. And uh, boom, he steps up and looks like he look, was cool as a cucumber in that situation. Chip Trainum obviously played a lot at running back today, was probably Ohio State's leading uh, ball carrier. Uh, from that standpoint, I didn't see that coming. No, nope. you know, based on tea leaves, etc. Mike Williams obviously wasn't 100% to just where he could just go, and and I'm not sure what was up with Dallin Hayden, but they they leaned on a guy who hadn't really played running back all year, maybe a little bit of uh, of, a, of a carrier. I can't even remember his stats. 14 carries for 83 yards. But but that was big time by Ohio State to take that gap. But when, when it really came to crunch time, like you said, Michigan took a shot and Ohio State didn't. Andy. Uh, just another stunning development here on, on the, the, the rapid reaction presented did by Byers. Did I agree with you about something? It is pretty oh. stunning uh, on this rapid reaction presented by Byers Auto in the aftermath of Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. Wow. Andy, uh, just, just another crazy point of this game. Michigan out Ohio State at Ohio State. Um, threw the ball through the air, big plays, ran the ball, uh, threw the pass to set up the run, then dominated in the running game at the, in the end. Um, if I had that on my bingo card, I'd be, you know, if I had that as a bet or something, I'd be a rich man. Um, I did not see uh, Ohio State getting out Buckeyes in this game, but that's exactly what Michigan did. And it was a recipe for success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had 10 rushing yards in the first half, and obviously they ended up with a ton because of those two back-breaking touchdowns. 
put Donovan Edwards at the end. But as you said, they set it up through the pass. Yep. And it almost felt like Ohio State just didn't account for that. They didn't see it coming, or they didn't really trust that J.J. McCarthy could beat them through the air. I mean, even in the press conference with Jim Knowles, he said, you know, J.J. managed the game well. He played well when he had to. I thought he played well the whole game. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost as if they were preparing for him to be a game manager. I mean, they, they talked about not investigating into what was going on with Blake Corum, and I think that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, be critical of that. But at the same time, maybe there was too much preparation going into this run game at the beginning, you know, yeah. coming out in terms of that game plan. And it just showed up that they weren't prepared at all for these receivers. There was just miscommunication, lack of, you know, just not being on your assignment, quite frankly, for those safeties. Uh, the other thing I'll point out is that, you know, the other turning point was when Cade Stover had a chance to make it a three-point game yeah. or a four-point game, depending on if they went for two or not, and could not come down with a catch in the back corner of the end zone. He had a couple times today where he could have been the hero. Yeah. He had a seam right down this part of the field, tried to have a one-handed catch, just couldn't come down with it. A little bit long. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was not yeah. an easy catch by any means. Yeah. But you talk about this kind of game and making plays. Those were two plays that could have definitely altered the course of this game. As, I, as I've said many times, I said it to Ivan Mazel from On3.com a while ago, uh, the Michigan game, the game, it always comes down to making plays because these teams, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you look at recruiting rankings or not, Michigan won the Big Ten last year. Michigan was 11-0 and going into this game. These two teams were more evenly matched than maybe we even gave them credit for from the standpoint of man-on-man. Man. Yep. Uh, but Michigan made plays when it had to. Michigan was gutsy enough to go for a couple of plays when it had to. And J.J. McCarthy established himself big time. And that keeper on third and goal here from the three-yard line, where he went around left end and cut it up uh, for the touchdown, that was his – Big play. He just had a feel for this game today that's undeniable. Where does Ohio State go from here? I'm not going to officially ask each of you that question on the spot. I think we've kind Sounds of like you just did. Kind of started to dive into that already. We're gonna have full coverage of that at lettermanrow.com. Where does Ohio State go from here? That is a a hell of a question. Now an even heavier question to try to answer, fellas, because again. When you set the standard this high and you only get here, you know, you can talk about the Rose Bowl still means something. If Ohio State gets to the Rose Bowl, Ryan Day's already said that's not good enough. And so we're going to try to dissect everything from this game. Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Baxter. By the way, real quick, think about the Rose Bowl. Depending on how things break over the next, in the next week, could be Ohio State versus USC, the team that's coming to the Big Ten. Uh, It'd probably be Caleb Williams, but who's the quarterback going to be for Ohio State? We haven't even touched on that yet because it's C.J. Stroud. It doesn't sound like C.J. Stroud, just the way his body demeanor, uh, just the way he kind of answered the question today. Whether Clearly this was his last game in Ohio Stadium, you got to figure. But was this, was this his last game as Ohio State quarterback if they don't make the college football playoff? He kind of got a hint that maybe it was. Yes. So, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if Ohio State's interested in going back to the Rose Bowl back-to-back years. Uh, we'll see where that goes. They're still going to be a top 10 team in the nation, maybe even top eight uh, when the dust totally settles. But it's going to take a lot of people a long time to get this taste out of their mouths, including the people that make those decisions. So I'll ask it one more time. Where does Ohio State go from here? Uh, you should go to lettermanroad.com and read all about it. 
Again, Tim May, the 40-year vet, Andy Backstrom. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching Rapid Reaction in the immediate aftermath of number three, Michigan 45, number two, Ohio State 23. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you back in the horseshoe on Monday for further autopsy on what happened in this building uh, on Saturday afternoon. Thanks for watching. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.